0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
3: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line, just like, let's say, Joel Embiid with a face mask. You can't keep the big guy down. Michael Lombardi is back here on the Lombardi Line, knocked out with COVID, but he's back stronger wow. than ever. How you feeling, man?
4: I feel better. You know, I mean, I got to be honest. Uh, uh, It uh, it wasn't a pleasant four days, but uh, it's it's your back. And, you know, thank God I was vaccinated because I can't imagine going through that without it. My hat's off to anybody who's been able to do that. Uh, Wow. It is uh, it's an interesting uh, four days. You know, the weirdest part, Pat, the dreams that you have
3: some lucidity
4: on COVID are like the weirdest things you've ever seen. Huh?
3: Like lucid dreams? You're like ha- having very visual experiences? Well, you're experiences. tired
4: all the time. I mean, you're exhausted. It's like, you, you, and, and then your, your dreams are just weird. Like, And you remember them, like vividly. And they, they don't make any sense. You know, I needed to go see Dr. Melfi to kind of get them handled, but they <laughs> just didn't really all come together.
3: So... We'll get through today's betting action, but walk me through the four days because obviously there's such a varying. Some people say, well, it felt like a cold, and then some people get completely knocked out like you. What was the worst part of it for you?
4: It was the exhaustion. I think it was just being really, really tired and having a tremendous headache. I think those are the two things along with a bad cough. I mean, I think I got the trifecta of it for some reason, And uh, whereas our man Bill next door here, he didn't get it. As bad, but he got it. You know, he was—he still was going through it. I was fortunate enough to be able to take the, the, the the Paxil void. I think it's called where you could where it's supposed to help you curb the symptoms, not necessarily dissipate them. So, but it was a—it was just a lot of exhaustion. I mean, really, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, Monday too. I, I really didn't move. I mean, and I, you know, other than I had to take the. I'm by myself, fortunately, Uh-oh. because. My my wife and family, they're all elsewhere coming back today that I was, you know, I'm in charge of the dogs. And, you know, that program doesn't stop. It it doesn't care (laughs) if you're sick or not. you got to move on. So
3: my assumption, it's with travel, right? My assumption was your trip here to Vegas and back, that had to be it for you where you got it.
4: You know, I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint it. Uh, I mean, when I returned home Sunday, Monday, I was fine. I felt good. Tuesday, I didn't feel as well. I think a lot of it had to do with watching Doc coach in the 76ers. Oh, that's where we that were going next. That's a little where I was bit of next, Yes. Maybe the, you gave, you gave, a, gave a better of,
3: effort the last five days than your 76ers did on oh, Tuesday. Like, that yeah, was I, embarrassing. No doubt.
4: How about Embiid now? Everybody, you know, I'm in a no-win situation. If I play hurt, they're going to say I don't play good enough. If I don't play, they're going to complain. You know what I learned last night? The the guy that should be the most pissed off about the MVP is Giannis. He's the best player in the oh league. Goodness. Great players do what he did last night. That's what great players look like. I think the biggest thing, and you've read some of my book, I, I think the biggest difference in watching sports today is what we think is great necessarily isn't great. I think there's a gap. I really do. I think we think that, oh, Johnny Unitas was just a player. He's too slow or this or that. Great players play great at the the most opportune moment. And the other night him beat obviously didn't. Giannis last night carried him. I mean, I know Holiday finished it out the game, but, you know, Holiday was 9 for 24 from the floor. But Giannis was great. Like, he's the MVP of the league. I I don't even understand how there's a, a conversation about anyone else.
3: You can have Tatum, you can have Brown, you can have smart. I was texting you with your boy, Will Hill. They're good players. They're very good players. Giannis is an all-timer. He had blood trickling down his face. He led the way with 40 and 11. And when it mattered most, he and Drew Holiday took over. Holiday's been the second best player in this series. I mean, Holiday with the defense and that offensive rebound off the free throw was huge to seal it. But this, Michael, this was the Bucks were trailing 93-79 with 10 minutes to go. And they went on a run that was fueled by Giannis. He is the best player in the NBA.
4: You know, and it was fueled by as much as Van Gundy didn't like his five uh, three-throw three-point attempts, which I agree with Van Gundy. Like, I think sometimes he does that, you know, he's kind of, but I think he's trying to catch his breath. But more than anything, I mean, you know, making those clutch three-pointers down the stretch. Look, great players find a way to win games like that. Like, that, they stole that one from Boston, there's no doubt. And Holiday was great. There's no denying it. There is no denying it. And but to me, I'm watching that game and I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this before, Dr. J, Moses Malone, you can date me if you want. You know, I've seen this with Barkley, but I've never seen this with Embiid. You know, Embiid has all these all this he's a great talent. He just is not a great player. He doesn't close out. You don't play, you're not a great player and play like you did the other night. That game was over with 5 minutes to go in the first quarter.
3: Oh, I wrote that down for you. So the last four games of the NBA postseason, check this out. The heat won by 35, Phoenix won by 30. Memphis last night won by 39. Golden State didn't even try. At one point they were up 55 the Grizzlies and then the Bucks won by three last night. but those three those four, last four games we've watched have been 30 plus point scores. I mean, it's been unbelievable with the differential.
4: There hasn't been the quality of play is, is like what I want is every game to be like Milwaukee, Boston last night, where, you know, one team has the lead, the, you're, the other team's not out of it. That, that's what I remember when I watched Jordan, when I watched the Bulls and when I watched some of these other teams. You know, these blowout games were, ta- you know, like they just I don't even know why they went to Miami. Like, seriously, why did they go to Miami? And then I would I love the most after that wonderful effort. Doc gave the team off, which I think they deserved. I mean, they earned it. You know, take the day off. Relax. It's embarrassing.
3: The, like, I Again, I'll date myself. Do you think the bad boy Pistons playing Bird in the Celtics, do you think they took games off in the postseason? I mean, literally last night, and this is on Steph, too, who I love. Steph and the, and the Warriors went there up 3-1 and just decided, you know what? Business decision. We're not going to give an effort tonight. That's really what it comes down to.
4: And, and, and I, I mean, Stern, I mean, uh, Silver has to decide what he wants to do with this game. Even the playoffs were taking nights off. Like, this isn't good for the ratings. I mean, Dallas da- Dallas, and Phoenix the other night wasn't close. I, I, I think Phoenix just they, they, they didn't match the level of intensity. Like, how can you at 2-2, coming off of two great wins, how can you be that flat? How could you go out there and be that flat? And not look at the coach or look at some of the people on the team and say, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? You think Ricky Mahorn would have allowed some oh, of that my to goodness. happen? Oh, my or, goodness. you know, and some of the Isaiah or some of those players from those eras. When we throw around great, you know, we forget what great really looks like. Great doesn't look like that. Great doesn't have that kind of effort. Great's effort all the time. And then it's woe is me. You know, and then he's upset that Barkley yelled at him. And then he's now saying, well, you know, I'm in a no-win situation. You know, if I don't play well, you know, they're going to not understand. Look, you've got injuries, right? You've got injuries. Everybody does. I mean, Giannis got his eye cut. Play. Play good. Win. That's the most important thing. Nobody cares about your numbers. They care about winning.
3: And you talked about greatness. Uh, I'll tease it a little bit. I won't give away anything. But greatness transcends. And I was able to read a chapter of your book yesterday, and it really stood out to me. This was a player from 70 years ago. I won't give anything else away. But that's transcendence, right? And when I I, people get upset with me, the new analytic kids get upset with me when I say Chris Paul's not Isaiah Thomas. He simply isn't. Chris Paul's played like garbage for three straight playoff games. Isaiah carried the Pistons. We just dismiss
4: it. We just dismiss it. It's like it's okay. It's like it's no big deal. And we've accepted this as a fan base. We've accepted this when I know we sound like old guys and say, well, the NBA was better when we pl-. It was. I'm just telling you it Objectively, was. Objectively it and, was. And it's yes. still alive. Giannis and Boston and Milwaukee, it's alive. That's that's what we. What's what we want. I mean, that's what we want. I mean, Miami might not have great players. They've got one. But they're going to bring it every night. Now, they might not shoot well and they're going to get beat, but – Look, look, they had every chance to win game four. Maxi doesn't make some of those shots in the fourth quarter in game four, and Harden doesn't come out of his slump. They're going to win game four. They're, this is over with. They'll so, be over with by tonight.
3: So I give JVT, and you can get his picks over at Vison.com. I give JVT a ton of credit because he's capping these games and nobody's better. But the last four postseason games, three of them have been decided by 30 points or more. That, Like, that's a league-wide issue. That's systemic. 30 or more in as far as differential, that's just – that's not – that's completely un, untenable as far as And we're league. not
4: at a point – we're not at a playoff point here where we're talking about, you know, this is ones playing eights. Like, right, no. we're talking about the the, the the divisional round, right? We're talking about the final eight teams on both sides or, or the final four – yeah, the final eight teams in the whole league, right? This, this should be back and forth, back and forth. Look, you know, I don't – I've seen – Four-game series that were close. Go watch the Lakers play the Sixers in what eighty-two. Those games were close. The Philly took the game over in the fourth. Look, I'm not saying they all have to be within a, within one shot, but at least how about some effort like last night? I mean, that effort in Miami was. If I were Josh Harris and I owned the team, I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed as the coach. And then when they interviewed Doc coming out of the break, he's like, "Well, you know, we we just wanted to, We we got to get going." What do you mean? We've got to get going? This is Game Five. 82% of the teams that win game five win the series. To
3: be fair to Doc, maybe there was a new Airbnb, Airbnb renter in the Malibu house, and he had a tough day of like mm-hmm. trying to, to juggle the homes. Anyway, True. I digress. You've got two but series. But gave him
4: off, so he had a day yesterday. He had a day to catch up. Yeah,
3: he had a, well, no, that's called
4: golfing. Um, You've got two series. He can't go back. Well, it was nice in Philly. I take that back. It was not been (laughs) nice in the Jersey Shore, but it was nice in Philly.
3: Two series that could close out tonight. We come back. We'll get to the Heat 76ers, get Michael Lombardi's take on that, of course. And then Phoenix in Dallas. I mean, what was that from the Mavericks the other night? We'll see if Dallas bark's are 2 and 0 at home in this series. So, maybe we'll get some competition and competitive games tonight. Right now the 76ers are on the board at 2. A couple of 2 and a halves out there as well, and the Suns are laying a deuce on the road at the Mavs. When we come back, we'll start capping these games. We've got of course our buddy Vinny Maliulo stopping by as well. It's good to have Michael Lombardi back. It's good to be back here on the Lombardi line, presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive
0: Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: All right, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're presented by BetMGM. Hopefully, you're having a nice, what is it, Michael? Is it already Thursday as we head into a big weekend? By the way, a big day. I know you're excited. You probably got up early. To prepare for the schedule release, which is dropping, yeah. it's, it's dropping 8 p.m. Eastern. I actually have the Christmas day, the tr- Christmas triple header, which is supposed. Do so you really? I can get to those if I, you want.
4: I, I, there's so much trickling out now. I mean, the teams have it, and so they've all gotten it. And you know, there's an interesting opening game that I uh, that I can't really get into. But it, it does maybe involve a quarterback and a team that may be after a quarterback. But, you know, we'll talk about <laughs> it later,
3: Patrick. Hey, keep those lips zipped over there, Lombardi. Hey, quickly, just from a front office, like as fans, as betters, of course, DraftKings 10 o'clock tonight will have all week one lines. So, as betters, we get into the schedule release. You know, within an organization, what's the process like?
4: Well, I mean, look, the schedule release is, is for most people in the organization. It's about who we playing in September. You know, it's <laughs> like because you don't worry about the schedule until, you know, driving to the stadium, which quarterback you're going to play. You know, if, you, if you're getting ready to play Kansas City and, you know, and Mahomes is out for four weeks, are you worried about that game? But on the schedule in, in, in May, it looks pretty tough. I think the first thing you want to do when you see the schedule is, OK, what games do we have in common is there any commonality between the offenses and defense we're going to play? And what's the albatross? What's the team that we really don't know that we're going to have to spend some time? So when when teams that play Philly outside of Washington, New York, and, and Dallas, the teams that play Philly and this running game that Philly has, which is different than a lot of running games in the league, we're going to have to prepare for this, right? So we're going to have to spend some time in in May, in June, and especially in July and August and the summer, kind of working on some of the things Philly does. Because if we think we're going to be able to handle Philly on a Wednesday practice with Jalen Hurts running this Oklahoma offense, it, it, we're just not going to have enough time. So we're going to have to spend it. It's a little bit back to when Buddy Ryan was running the Bear defense. You, you, you just didn't get ready to play the Bear defense in the first 3 days of, of of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before you had to study it, understand it, get involved in it, kind of break it down. So, when the schedule comes out, that's kind of what you really want to look at. And then more than anything, what new team do we play early in the season? You're playing Denver, Russell Wilson. You know it's going to be West Coast offense, but what are they going to be like on defense? How are they going to are they going to be Vic Fangio based defense? Are they going to be a little slightly different? What's the adjustments? What's their calls? Those kind of things that's what you're really looking at. September is really only thing you're looking in terms of moving forward that's fascinating,
3: yeah, that makes sense, but I'm not giving away any secrets, but when um we dropped you off with Mick there at the Raiders, I mean he was literally just grinding tape of the chargers, so he was staying in division right, so yeah. you're just cut you you start in division, then then when you get the schedule, you start with those early weeks, and that's what you do
4: yeah. And the reason he was starting with the Chargers is because at least he knows That's right. there is, they're going to run the same thing again next year. Even though Staley will tweak it, he knows that the, the cornerstone of their defense right. will remain the same. You know, he's not sure what he's looking at when he's going to go watch Denver tape. He's not sure about the Chiefs. Will they change without Matthau in the middle? Spagnola's always been a little bit off the rails. But the one thing about Spagnola is – is Josh McDaniels was with him in St. Louis. So they kind of have a a sense of how he calls the game, and they've played him so much when he was in New York uh, that they understand his call sheet. So it's familiarizing yourself with the unknown a little bit, taking some time, especially now. But more than anything, as a coach, what you have to do is understand what team can't we get ready for that we need to get ready for that we're going to have to play that's off the beaten track. Right. You know, whether it's Arizona and Kyler Murray, you know, we're going to have to prepare for his beep beeping, especially early in the season. You know, is it is a Green Bay, whatever it is, there's uniqueness in every system and scheme that you just can't get ready for on Wednesday practice.
3: So, by the way, it- You called this, that New England would be looking to move on from Jarrett Stidham. We do have news here on the Lombardi line. It looks like the Patriots are finalizing a trade of backup quarterback Jarrett Stidham to the Las Vegas Raiders. It makes sense.
4: Yeah, it's the perfect fit, right? I mean, Stidham was there. They like Stidham. You know, Bill drafted over Stidham. He gave Stidham some time. Now he replaces Stidham, gets some draft picks. It kind of works out for both parties. It gives the Raiders their, a younger player that they can kind of develop. And, and who knows with Stidham? There was a lot of high hopes with Stidham early when he first got there uh, in, in New England, but it hasn't really manifested itself as it's come through. You know, I mean, they've got Garrett Gilbert, who was in Washington last year. You know, we'll see what happens there. Nick Mullins, to me, Nick Mullins is one of those guys that, As soon as it went bad, it went bad. You know, it's like he had some moments where you thought, oh, maybe this guy's got chance. But then when it goes bad and that lack of confidence and that lack of uh, of of being able to carry over, I think ultimately will affect it. So this gives them a legitimate backup starter. And I think what you're going to start to see now is some of this quarterback movement a little bit. I do think Baker Mayfield gets moved in the next three or four days. I really do. I think something will happen there because, I mean, look, let's face it. The the, the Brownies are out of options. There is no options. And, you know, Carolina is still interested. They're going to have to listen and take it because who else is coming? I mean, Pete Carroll has gone out of his way to say he's not. And he's- you can't bring back. People say, well, you know, what happens if Deshaun's uh, is suspended game one? Well, It ain't Baker's team. You think Baker and Baker ain't coming.
3: You saw what Carroll said about Locke, and maybe he's not wrong. He said if Locke was in this draft, he would have been the first quarterback taken. I don't know if that's really an overwhelming endorsement. That's
4: kind of an interesting statement, especially considering all the people that were talking about how great, how five quarterbacks were going to go in this draft. And I kept saying that, that, you know, like some of the guys that went in the second and third, they they weren't as good as – and they were better than all these guys. I mean, the, the fact that Lamar Jackson, I was talking to a guy in the league the other day uh, before I got sick. We were talking about, Lam- he went to go watch Willis play. And, you know, he was expecting to see Lamar. He was expecting to see that kind of dynamic. And, you know, he got sacked five or six times. He couldn't get out of the way. It was it, like, and he's like, wait a minute, Lamar's the 32nd pick in the draft. And people are talking about this guy in the top 10. What am I missing here? And I, and I think that's ultimately what it was. We just tried the, – the networks tried to manufacture quarterbacks to fit the narrative of the story they wanted to tell.
3: To your point, Lamar was an all-timer in college at Louisville. Your son knows him very well. And all – I mean, what he did in college was all-time, and he was that fifth quarterback taken in that draft. So, I mean, that, like – Come on. Now, was he underdrafted? Yes, we know he's won an MVP. But w- what we're trying to say here is there was nothing that you could compare Lamar Jackson and Malik Willis to. There's no, they're, they're not on the same nothing. planet.
4: No. No, they're not. And so you're, you're dealing with – and one guy is talking about in the top ten. And, you know, remember, if Matt Rule doesn't take him, you know, he needs a quarterback. He's going to lose his job. Remember that. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's going to lose his job if he takes him. I mean, imagine if he took him at six – and passed up the left tackle and, and, and passed up helping his team, he ends up he ends up getting Corral in the third round. Great. He also got another defensive player in the third round. That's even better. And now he can go on with his life and, and try to fix his team and, and, and at least know that he can protect himself on the left side. You know, at least now with with Aquanu, he, he's got at least – now he can move Christensen into, into guard, who's the kid they drafted in the third round last year. They like him. They've got Bozeman to play. They signed from Baltimore. They got Corbett, who's a tough kid to play guard. And they got Moten. So at least they have a functional offensive line to evaluate Darnold. And if they were able to get Mayfield, they could do that. Okay, let me
3: wet your whistle with the triple header on Christmas. So last, year, last year, remember, I think it was the Pats beat the Browns. Uh, no, the Packers beat the Browns on Christmas. But just for fun, the, ra- the rating on that was 28.6 million viewers. To kind of give you a contrast, a really good playoff game in the NBA right now is going to get seven. (laughs) An NFL Christmas Day game about almost 29 million viewers. Okay, let's start here. Early game on Christmas, Packers at the Dolphins.
4: Wow. Broncos at the the Dolphins. Can we just take (laughs) it before you go further? Can we just... Did you see this video floating <laughs> around on Tua? You mean the duck? Did you see this? Can we stop hunt? here for a second? I quang, can't believe quang, it. Quang. Matt, Matt, Santos, I can't believe we're 20 minutes into the show and then we're finally talking. Like, did you see this video? I did. I, now, I understand the guy that put the video up there got fired. Like, they put this out there like it was a good pass. It was a fair catch. They fired the guy? I mean, it was like it was an infield. I thought they were going to call the infield fly rule. <laughs> Terry kill was running back to the ball. <laughs> I mean, what was so good about it? It was because Ty- Tyreek Hill pivoted in the different direction. Anyway, at least by the way, ahead. at least it was a tight spiral. Wait, no, it wasn't.
3: It was wobbly AF. No, it wasn't. Um, okay. So Packers Dolphins open up the trip, uh, the triple header on Christmas midday Broncos at the Rams late night, primetime bucks at Arizona. Those are three pretty good games. You've Love got it. Brady. You got Rogers. You got three Stafford. Really you got games. Wilson. You got
4: Murray and you have Tua yeah and you have two I can't wait I mean where are the Raiders on Christmas Day that, that that's got to be the quick question because that's the kind of determining my holiday schedule
3: <laughs> yeah I was gonna say is Millie gonna be happy with with the uh with the crew on Christmas or without them on Christmas no no Panthers either but those are pretty good Packers Dolphins Broncos Rams Bucks Arizona Cardinals that's Christmas triple header, which is awesome. We st- I have the Thanksgiving leaks, which I'll get to in a bit, but our buddy Vinnie Maliulo joins us next here on the Lombardi Line.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi,
3: Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we were talking about the schedule release. Well, the v Spring Special is here. For only $59, you get everything v has to offer until the end of July, which is great. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at v And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including you get Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Annie McNeil Sunshine is gonna break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention best bets, articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and more. Point Spread Weekly is included. It's all for 59 bucks. vcin.com slash spring. That's vcin.com slash spring. Michael Lombardi back. We're happy he's on the mend. I can still hear it in your voice, man. He's, he's still still recovering from yeah. COVID, but he's here. I'm here. Patrick Maher, and, of course, uh, Hall of Famer,
4: oh, Vinnie Maliulo. We got our oh, guy boy. there.
3: Hall yeah. of Famer. i we Vinny, must introduce him as a Hall of Famer. <clears throat> oh, that's, that's what he said when he absolutely. walked in. No, <laughs> you know that's not my style. <laughs> I'm uh, lying. No, it's great to see you, Ben. How are you? Good to see you. Nice you know, job like, last
2: week on the uh, the Derby oh, coverage, thank you. Patrick. That. Good to get to hear you some. And uh, Michael, hope uh, you, you you're on the mend, buddy. I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh,
4: yeah, I'm, I've turned the corner. Uh, so it's uh, it was great to see Patrick back there. I mean, I love the fact that that uh, eighty to one. Nobody expected it. Gets in the race 30 seconds before. Unbelievable. You know, it's like, how does this even happen? But it does. It makes racing so much fun to watch.
3: Michael, so I was telling Vinny, where I was standing there at the track, what's cool about the Kentucky Derby and horse racing mm-hmm. in general, it's very inclusive. They want people to have a good time. And so you can kind of roam around. You can get close to the horses. So I was standing right there near the winner's circle. And when the horse crossed, we thought it was the two Happy Jack, a Doug O'Neill yeah, trained horse. Yep, yep, but yep. it was twenty-one. Remember, Rich Strike got into the race because Dwayne Lucas the day before scratched his horse. Here's the punch: when he crossed, and we started going through who it was, nobody—and I mean nobody—had ever heard of the had ever heard of the owner, the trainer, or the jockey. Like, these are people that were in the sport, know a hell of a lot more than I do. They said they didn't know Leon, and they didn't know Reed, who was the trainer of Rich Strike. It was beyond improbable, and that's what makes horse racing great.
4: And he looked good, too, doing it. I mean, the way the (laughs) jockey maneuvered him around the inside of the... kid ran around. the the way he... yeah, he was incredible, right, Vinny?
2: No, but he 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 did it. that kid did a great job. He had a great ride. I mean, he took he took advantage of a ridiculous pace too. The Japanese I horses mean,
3: crushed that. I mean, crushed that race. So,
2: look, here's the thing: when when you look at you got to tip your cap. Full disclosure, I did not. <laughs> not, not even I was like I almost got in I think too so it was less than 24 hours before and I believe within 30 minutes of yes that's what, that's what Michael just said right he so,
3: was a $30,000 maiden claimer
2: look you, you have to you have to love the fact too but what a what a what a weekend though for prices so you, you have 80 to 1 in the derby uh, you know, Bible beats Canelo Alvarez at you know 450, 475 boxing, Yeah, Homa wins at forty to one great in point. the golf. Joey Logano at 20, 25 to one. So it was a weekend of of uh, upsets, long shots, prices, and look, that's that's what's that's what's great. And I know a lot of people think, yeah, you know, we we and we kid around about you know when you when you get beat. As a house, that has to happen sometime because all it does is create so much more business. Sure, you know. So, um, but it was uh, it was an exciting weekend, and um, uh, but now we uh, we get ready for the big reveal tonight.
3: Well, that is the schedule release coming up at eight Eastern, Michael's time, five o'clock our time. So, Michael, we, you know, we've been ribbing with Vinny about the season win totals, but now. You know, this is the information you've been waiting for, yeah. including the draft, the first round of free agency. And I ho- was hoping we could take a step behind the the counter here. Sure. I think people would be interested in this. So what Vinny does is Vinny comes up with his own set mm-hmm. of season wins. Right. You hand them over to Chris Andrews, right. who officially runs the book here at the mm-hmm. South Point, mm-hmm. And then I'm guessing there's a discussion.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I, I, again, did not put up... Oh, I, we, I know that there were some places that put up regular season wins probably about a month or so ago, and credit for, to, to them for doing so. It's not a knock on them. Uh, but they're going to have to be tweaked quite a bit. If you think about from a month ago um, or more, free agent signings. Uh, and I know there's still a few more free agent signings to go. Uh, but, for, you know, I think a lot of the uh, uh, the majority of them are done. The draft and any trades – uh, to to come about whether in association with uh, or uh, you know ind- independent of the draft, so we prefer to wait. And so what I do is, and yesterday, uh, in fact, I've got my my list of uh, numbers here. Uh, I'll wait t- just to see if I tweak anything after tonight. But I, I I say to Chris here, here's my numbers here, and and the way the process works, and and Chris, you know, our director here, and again, we're, we're dear friends for over 40 sure. years too, so. You you don't want to have a situation where, just like the NCAA tournament, when we you know when the uh, the, the pairings and, and the games are announced, and we're sitting back there making numbers, you don't want everybody to have the exact same number, you know, the exact same price, because it, you, you want to discuss it. You know, now you're in, within a ballpark, but you know Chris does a good job. He compiles it and he looks at, it, and then you know somebody's got to make the decision to say, okay, this is what we're hanging. Let you know, let's go, and that's what he does. And, and, and so egos aside. You just have to, you know, kind of, you know, give it, uh, give it some, uh, some thought, and then Chris will say, "Okay, yeah, we'll put them up." So I know Chrisy, uh, Chrisy's back today, uh, and he'll uh, he'll look at them, he'll compare them to his. Uh, I know there are numbers that are out there, but again, when I say just look tonight, so what I'm looking for tonight, we we know the opponents. Sure. I want to see the sequence of the games. Travel. And I want to see travel. And, and 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 off air and and Matt Santos. Uh, producer did a great job pulled up for instance I I heard this and I I wanted to confirm it I looked at the Steelers opponents now I don't know what the sequence of these games is but I don't think the Steelers leave the eastern time zone that would be a first I think the farthest they travel might be Indianapolis which I think well maybe that's the central time zone
4: so if you if you pull up well not maybe some not early no, but but if you Not early look at in the that year, I don't think they change. now, now you, we don't have daylight savings time. So we don't yeah. even have that anymore. Right.
2: Okay. So so you have a situation where the Steelers are their, their schedule is is pretty is is friendly travel friendly. I mean, obviously they have to win the games, they got to compete and everything, but you compare that to a team I want to say Seattle. Now let's remember this. Seattle when they travel, they they've already got a considerable travel schedule, right? Cons- right. Where they are up in in, in the Pacific Just Northwest. This logistics. If you look at their schedule, I think it's I think how many times do they circumnavigate the globe? I think they have to go to Europe. They've got to go <laughs> cross-country quite a few times as well. I think when you comp- when you look at things like that and whether you're 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 booking these uh, or you're betting them that's something, certainly something that you want to take into consideration. Now, Michael, I know that you've spoken about how much uh, better uh, teams travel this uh, in this day and age, right? Uh, and the way they prepare and stuff. But listen, I, I, I think travel comes into play. Well, you, May I just you're, say this? You're,
3: you're 100% right. The Steelers yeah. away Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Bills, Dolphins, Colts, Falcons, Panthers, Eagles. The most west they'll travel is to Indianapolis. Indianapolis,
2: right now. If you look at Seattle, yeah. um, and again, you, you also have to kind of figure out what's because every every five minutes it seems like there's a you know something's getting out sure. right this game. And now some of them are accurate. I wonder if all of them are accurate. I don't know what's accurate and what's not. What we know will be accurate is when the NFL releases the schedule tonight, and then you know what I'll do is I'll say you know what let me you know. I'll
3: tweak some juice or maybe even a half a game. But now Seattle is. Seattle is 49ers, Cardinals, Rams, Saints, Buccaneers in Munich, Germany. Okay. The Lions, the Chiefs, the Chargers. Okay.
2: So there's a lot more travel involved there. Remember the Raiders a few years ago, and I had a – I remember Brent Musburger, uh, when uh, he had to travel. We saw (laughs) – Brent, we were doing my guys in the desert, and Brent – uh, told Amal Shah and I, "I'll see you guys in a couple of months." <laughs> so he went from the studio, and the, the Raiders went to Indianapolis. Indianapolis, then to and then no- London. He was right. We didn't. Yep. I mean, I mean, It was about five or six weeks by the time uh, you know uh, they got back. So you, you you have to, in my opinion, take that into account. And so that's that's a, 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 just a final tweak. We'll be seeing the sequence of the games. Tonight, and I would encourage uh, uh, better, you know, and, and uh, better. Uh, and then, Vinny, once you see well.
4: this, when will we, when will we get, when will we get your win totals posted tomorrow?
2: I, I don't know if it'll be tomorrow, Michael, or the next. Time, but I would say, you know, Chris will take advantage uh, of uh, you know the weekend crowd that'll be here, and uh, you know they'll be up uh, within uh, within a few days for
4: sure. Yeah. And then your opening lines for week one will be posted when.
2: Uh, typically, we do week one. I mean, we got the uh, uh, so we got the Hall of Fame game, which is always easy to do. Probably week one. We typically do thing uh, put up things here, including college uh, stuff, uh, late May, early June. So within the next uh, next few weeks.
3: I would just like to say DraftKings is going to have uh, lines for every game posted tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So every game
2: on the on the schedule. That's what it says. Wow. That is wow. quite a
3: venture. What what I loved about that though is you know you think computers you think algorithms what I love and I think the public should understand is this is still done with minds like Vinny and Chris Andrews getting together that's where these numbers come from and that's what's fascinating we're back with Vinny next here at Lombardi Line.
0: If you dare.
3: play for free at luckylandslots.com
4: daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details you're listening to the lombardi line on VCN, featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now
3: once again here's patrick maher Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today, of course, 200 bucks if you place a $10 Moneyline Wager on any NBA game. You got two tonight to bet. If you use that code, it is actually code 200, C-O-D-E 200. Somebody hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks. This is for new bettors over at BetMGM. Again, the king of sportsbooks. Bet 10 to win $200. Must be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas, where right behind me the book is run by Chris Andrews, of course, Vinny Maliulo, Hall of Famer. I said algorithm on the way out, and that can be kind of one of those buzzwords in the betting circles. Certainly in games, Mm -hmm. very algorithmic. But what I wanted to point out to the viewer, and you wanted to comment on this, is that it's still mono y mono as far as bookmakers setting some of these numbers yeah
2: you you can't you can't ignore the eye test right I mean I think again when, let's get back to the to, to the regular season wins uh, we mentioned paying attention to the uh, we we know the opponents but the sequence of the games things like that uh, you also want to take in, into account what uh, I mentioned the, the travel like right? the Steelers are are, are they're, they're shuttle flights for the Steelers this year compared to uh, we mentioned uh, Seattle having to do considerable travel, including a uh, trip to Europe uh, over to, uh, to Munich. The other part is when, you know, the, uh, uh, the thing about algorithms is, is this. And, and, and algorithms, you know, you can plug things in. I don't ignore analytics or algorithms because in this day and age, they're involved with a lot of things that we do. But you still have to have the human element, your gut feeling. The, thing, the biggest difference between us as human beings and algorithms is that algorithms don't have eyes and they don't, they, they, they don't hear. They don't see what's happening. They they, they, it's just a formula. And not to trivialize it, but here's an example, particularly for in-game. You brought up in-game. Most in-game, when there's a very heavy in-game menu, they're very feed-driven slash uh, you know, al- algorithm-driven. Well, what happens if a team, and this actually happened a couple of years ago. Now, there, there's been some adjustments, too, and I think more people are paying attention to this. There was a Monday night game a, few year, a couple of years back, and the home team was up by 17. They, were, they had a first and goal. The in-game price was 17.5 based on the algorithm. I'm looking at this and I'm watching, and what the algorithm didn't realize is the, def- the defensive team was out of timeouts, and it was about there was less than two minutes to go in the game. Team's taking a knee. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going in, right. But some, some folks, some places they just had, they had it still open. At 17 and a half.
3: Computer can't make up for that type so, of scenario. So,
2: you, you, you know, again, the eye test and, and the feel for things like that. The other, the other thing to think about, too, with the regular season wins, and I, I'd love to hear Michael's take on, on this particular part, is I'd like to take into account, when do teams have buys? I tend to think, and again, Michael will know this far better than me, when I, th- I think teams would prefer to have their buy, probably in the middle third of the schedule, but I think you know, uh, it, you know, not everybody does. So, you know, uh, you and I were talking off air, Patrick, for, for Michael. Um, Michael, in your experience, uh, is, is that accurate? Uh, middle third, or when when do teams prefer to have have their buy uh, during during the course of the season?
4: I, I think dead smack in the middle. I think they would like to get rest. You know, the worst thing is the early bye. You're just getting going mm-hmm. on your routine, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you've got to stop and give the players four days off and, you know, and, and all that. I, I think right smack in the beginning of November, and, and that before Thanksgiving is the ideal place uh, that you want to because, you know, you're only limited to one day on, on in terms of pads, so you can't really go full force, and your team's probably a little tired. But I think the coaches are really good at pacing themselves as the year goes on. So when you have that later buy, you kind of know how to work through it. If you have that early buy, you also know that you need to be able to work a harder camp a little bit just because you've got to get some reps in that perhaps you're not going to get as the season wears on. That buy kind of gives you a little bit of a – a stop in the action, which sometimes affects your pad level and affects your fundamentals. And mm-hmm.
3: following up with that, Michael, the yeah. teams that travel to London and Munich, Germany, they have an option to have their bye directly after that game. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they do. And,
4: and you know, sometimes, you know, I, I think ultimately, you know, the, the travel, the way these teams travel is is certainly a lot on them. Uh, and, but the players are comfortable. And, and I think that <clears throat> some teams would depend on – you know, if you get that by, is this really going to help us? Are we going to get nourished? Are we going to get helped? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if we got to play the next week, well, it's going to have to be a team we know because by the time we get back and do all those things, we're behind. And so, you're balancing the mental health, the physical health of the players, along with the coaching staff in their preparation to get ready. You know, one of the things that we know now when that this Christmas schedule comes out, those teams that know they're playing Christmas Day, you know, they start preparing for them. This week, well, the whole Christmas week everybody does, but let's say you're playing Thanksgiving and you're not Detroit Dallas or one of the other teams and you get the the Thanksgiving game you got to start preparing for that because your weeks so short mm-hmm. or you're playing a Thursday night that's when you start working on those games in June
2: yeah, short weeks for teams longer weeks who's got that extra half a week on on, on the other end of uh, of a of a Thursday night game um, remember this too the uh, the NFC teams have the extra game at home this year. They're alternating. Last year the AFC teams had that extra uh home game. Now again, home field advantage in pro in pro football isn't what it is in it's college football. Right? However, the travel associate so you put a lot of factors together uh and when those games are, uh, again, the sequence of the games is uh, is really important uh for the folks that are out there uh, Listening, watching, and now to uh, take into account when you're when you're formulating your uh, your regular season wins.
3: Well, we know the schedule's dropping. Yeah, it, it, yeah, please go ahead, Michael.
4: Well, you know what I think is interesting about this schedule is this this version of it. We know the AFC South is not a great, not filled with four great teams. At Tennessee and Indianapolis, we know Houston mm-hmm. and Jacksonville are rebuilding. We also know the East is not exactly four great teams. I know two went to the playoffs last year, but with the Giants, you know, with the Giants and Washington really not there, you know, and they play each other, right. you know, they play each other. So I, that's something I haven't been able to, like, who's going to get affected? That, those win totals of those two teams, of those four teams in the division, somebody's going to benefit from that. I'm just not sure who. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's uh, the the other thing is I'm I'm glad you brought Mm -hmm. up the divisions, Michael, because I mean, I think the general consensus is, and I agree with it, that the AFC West, for instance, is probably the best conference. All right, we rate teams; you have a power rating of teams. I also power rate the the uh, the divisions too. Safe to say, I think that the West is good. Um, Now, what are those sequence of games within the you know within the division, and then how do those teams come out come out of those games? You know, I mean, those are those are going to be those are going to be great games. I think they're going to be very entertaining games, I should say. So uh, very heavily bet games. Um, You know, you're looking at you mentioned the AFC East. Sure. Two teams last year, probably two teams this year, you know, and and rating those teams. Obviously, the Bills are at the top. I've kind of moved the the Dolphins into the second spot, although the big question mark under center uh, Patriots. Uh, and the Jets, so so they're, the the Dolphins and the Jets should be better. So it should be a better division too. You know, with those games there, there's no. But Michael, you know this too. To really, you know, it's it's the NFL. There are no gimmies in there. We saw a lot of we saw upsets last year. We're going to see we we see them every year, and we're going to see plenty of upsets uh, this uh, this coming year. The, yeah, I
4: mean, the the one thing that that's why it's so hard. That's why the hardest tournament in, that everybody puts together is mm-hmm. the. It seems like the easiest, which is the survivor one, but it's the hardest because, uh, you know, who could predict something that could happen? And, you know, and I think ultimately I know people love to do their survivor picks in advance and look at the schedule and plan it all out. And I think planning it out, but you have to be a little bit like you said, Vinny, you got to do the eye test. You got to do the adjustment and you've got to be able to be uh, adaptable within that because there's so many games that, you know, you take for granted that you think are going to be easy. Raiders are going to, be right. lose, to the, lose to the Cowboys. They didn't.
3: Mm-hmm. And point. just to confirm, fellas, and this was in the daily newsletter, which you can get over at VSon.com, Just enter your email address. It's completely free. It says, of course, we'll have real-time reactions from the primetime action crew and the nightcap crews tonight here on vsun. But DraftKings says it will have lines for every game on the schedule by 10 p.m. Eastern tonight.
2: Interesting. Um, typically what will happen, and good, good for those guys, Johnny Avello and, uh, and, and his team uh, putting those together. The, the games that will get the most betting interest initially will be week one
3: and that's what michael said you yeah. missed it when he we well, said what do you focus on as a front office he's like september yeah <laughs> because <laughs> you know what yeah. I- injuries and just unforeseen s- situations pop up they they uh, what we what i start to learn over years working with michael is they deal with what's literally in front of them and they don't really care about anything else it's like there's too much in front of you to like there, there's too much there's on way the line too
4: much. You're eating. you an elephant. You can't. You got to do it one bite at a time. You can't do it. You know, it's it's hard. We're back.
0: If you dare.
1: iHeart. I heart.